0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Well, you remember all these hearings of if you guys don't uh, clean up your act, we're going to clean it up for you because apparently the Senate and the House are our daddies and our mommies. Uh, and they talk to they because they have the force of government, they can talk to whomever however they'd like. and they they just have the best interest of the country at heart, don't they? You know, Senator Ron Wyden gave an interview with Recode Decode hosted by Kara Swisher. Kara Swisher, very influential tech journalist, uh, have, has been in Silicon Valley for a long time, very respected. Um, Senator Ron Wyden is somebody that, you know, on government spying, for instance, is fantastic. You know, on some issues, he's great. But he is showing his ass, as we say here in Indiana, this week. So, uh, this caught my eye, this this headline from Recode.net. There should be consequences for platforms that don't remove people like Alex Jones, Senator Ron Wyden says. It is amazing to me how many of these people think that they know what you should consume as a listener or viewer. And so I saw he did an interview, and I was curious to see what he says. Because, again, I respect Senator Wyden, and I have seen him just be so right and so courageous alongside Rand Paul on so many issues. So I went to play the interview. So let's annotate this. Let's break this down. Uh, Let's go to his interview with Kara Swisher.
1: Ron Wyden, he's from Oregon, and we're talking about election tampering. We're talking about Alex-
0: first, first warning, uh, Oregon,
1: Alex Jones, and all kinds of issues that politicians are going to be very much involved with going forward with tech companies. Tech companies are under scrutiny. There'll be hearings soon around all kinds of issues with the heads of Twitter, uh, Facebook, Google. They've already been on Capitol Hill. Mark Zuckerberg's been on
0: Capitol Hill. They keep hauling these people up to Capitol Hill, and you know, you notice it's never good enough. It doesn't matter what they've done because you can't argue with people that are grandstanding. And so there's been arguments that people shouldn't have cameras in the press briefings anymore at the White House, for instance, because information doesn't actually get disseminated. It's just Jim Acosta preening for the camera and people pretending to care and virtue signaling, but not actually doing anything of substance. And that's what these congressional congressional hearings are not about anything other than to... Act in a manner that as soon as you leave the room, you look at your aide and go, how'd I do? Do you think that plays well on the news tonight?
1: I want to get into your assessment of how that went in a minute, but um, let's talk about the Alex Jones thing in more detail because everyone's had, initially they were very much uh, against doing anything about it. I had a a podcast with Mark Zuckerberg where he talked about allowing this stuff to go on and then they made a switch, removing Alex Jones uh, from the platform. So did Google, so did uh, around YouTube, so did others. Uh, Twitter has held firm. Talk to me about the the difficulties of of dealing with stuff like that because there's First Amendment issues and then there's Freedom from consequence of what you say, too.
0: You know what? I bet he is going to say every person in America has a right to speak their mind. And grown adults have the ability to discern what is truth and what is lie and what is overblown hyperbole. And we need to trust the American people because they are intelligent, they know what is right and wrong. And anyone who says falsehoods on the air is easily dismissed because the American people are so intelligent and they're adults, they're grown-ups. And I, as a senator, trust the American people to make the right decision. And I trust these companies to make the right decision. And and these companies have made major steps, even to the detriment of their bottom line, to make sure that they balance free speech with what is publicly acceptable and, and making sure that, that everything – let's see if he says what I think he, he will say.
2: Well, I think what the Alex Jones case shows, uh, we're going to really be looking at what the consequences are for just leaving common decency in the dust. Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me, and I'll have some more to say about it. As you know, I'm working on a privacy bill. I
0: think, Oh, good. A privacy bill from the United States Senate. I'm sure that's fantastic. I'm sure that it respects the Fourth Amendment. Because here's the thing about the Fourth Amendment. We don't need you to pass a privacy bill. We have privacy. And the Fourth Amendment tells you and the rest of the government you are not to invade our privacy. We already have it. We don't need you to enumerate and enunciate exactly what privacy means because we have determined that privacy is privacy. It's just common sense, Uh, common decency. This was a very uh, common phrase. Community standards, common decency. These are things that are used in my business in the radio industry around, um, you know, Howard Stern. Uh, He he just doesn't meet community standards. Well, Howard Stern and other shows like it meet my community standards. I enjoy those shows. Uh, And if you don't want your child to hear it, don't let them listen to it on the way in. It's not for you to police the airwaves. Uh, And so community standards and common decency are very different for many different people. And freedom demands that many different communities and common decencies exist. And the government is not to define exactly what common decency and community standards are because what happens is they end up deciding what's best for government, for their crony capitalism por- partners. <laughs> so let's continue. That the heart of it has got to be
2: uh, citizens you know, controlling their private uh, data. I think mm-hmm. there's got to be real transparency. There's got to be consequences for mm-hmm. misusing someone's uh, data. But this goes right to the heart of the real value of Section 230. Mm -hmm. And I guess if people want to say, you know, we ought to just have the government start dictating. And by the way, Mm -hmm. one of the most.
0: Now, sort of what he's saying there is there's a discomfort in Silicon Valley with their being placed in the position of gatekeeper. And so there's probably backroom conversations, and I've heard that this is true, that that people like Mark Zuckerberg are saying to Congress, like, if you're going to rake us over the coals, then you need to tell us what is acceptable or not acceptable, because I should not be the one making the decision. And so they all believe that this lie that the government is a, a product of us all having a conversation together and... And it is uh, everyone working together to come to common agreements in government. They believe all the bullshit that they were, to- excuse me, bull s that they were told in grade school, and so that is what he's saying: is that government should define this to take care. We'll take care of it. Stunning aspects of mm-hmm. the last couple of days mm-hmm. is to see conservative
2: politicians, yeah. people like Kevin McCarthy mm-hmm. and Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. They are essentially saying that the government Mm -hmm. should run private companies. The government should dictate to private companies what they're doing I'm sure it's very popular with their base mm-hmm. but doesn't happen to be the right thing and I think there is a much better model that was bipartisan mm-hmm. that really relates to what I call rights and responsibilities right. that was what So what, two, what rights
1: about. do you think they should ha- have now How do you assess their reaction to just let's use Alex Jones as the example how do you assess their reactions to him and and the changing Nature. I do think at some point Twitter is going to throw them off the platform, my guess, is they're preparing that. But how what they-
2: I've, been, I've been disappointed in is how long it took and how they really are not looking at fleshing out a policy. What's hard in this area – Okay,
0: so they have a policy, you dum dumb. It's called the Terms of Service. And what Twitter is doing is they're saying, Alex Jones has not violated our terms of service. And just because 15 other companies and the mob have decided that today is the day that we're going to remove him from the platform, he hasn't done anything on our platform that violates the terms of service. Uh, You can go and listen to the most recent episode of We Are Libertarians, episode 308, and we basically play Jack Dorsey explaining why they didn't just do what everybody else did. And so, what Ron Wyden is really advocating here is not rule of law or that co- companies hold up their contracts that they have with consumers. He's advocating that the general uh, common sense, the general basically mob, should be in charge of the corporate boardroom. Is, you know, tech is so dominant in our life
2: mm-hmm. that it is sort of the ultimate. In kind of ad hoc policy making, something mm-hmm. goes on on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Congress folks come back with their policy on Wednesday or Thursday. The history is that's usually not very good.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's part of why we have the House and the Senate. The House was designed to be the, the it represented the passions of the people. No matter how quick and how mob like it might be, it, they come and they introduce these things. And the Senate was supposed to be the cooler. And that the, the reason that the state legislatures were appointing senators is that they appointed people who, yes, were political insiders, but also understood the role and function of government. You know, you wouldn't go to a doctor who has no experience, and yet we think somehow that having a politician with no experience or some, you know, someone with no experience in the law... Uh, is the best person to go to Washington easily. Those are usually the most manipulated people in Washington, D.C., by their staffs, bureaucrats, uh, other politicians. And so the point was that you are to calm those people down. But, of course, we have direct elections in the Senate now, thanks to the progressives and the socialists 110 years ago pushing that forth. Um, So that's part of why we have... We have the two branches of Congress and then two other co-equal branches of government. Uh, and so our government isn't functioning the way that it's supposed to govern. And that's why you have nonsense going on.
2: I mean, that's what leads us to Susta and FOSTA and PIPA mm-hmm. and SOPA and all these acronyms right. oh, that were yeah. bad, you know, bad policies. Mm-hmm. And what I've said to them in the few conversations we've had, because we haven't had many, mm-hmm. uh, is – what you really want to do mm-hmm. is see if you can build around a core set of values. Yeah, I talked about that. And I wonder what values he's choosing. That's what I'm saying is right. that I thought I very much enjoyed your uh, article where you said, "Hey, it's not just about a bunch of laws. Mm-hmm. You got to you can have a crate full of laws mm-hmm. if you don't get your values right." Mm-hmm. And so, what I'm going
0: to be trying to do In my legislature, I bet his value that he's about to defend here is freedom of speech. That political speech, no matter what, is protected. That words, sticks and stones may break my uh, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That we're a country that is durable enough to withstand the likes of Alex Jones. And even though that he has said terrible things about Sandy Hook families, many different people are hurt by various news reports. Uh, many people are victims of targeting of mainstream media even, and that's just how it is in a free society, that there's going to be times that are difficult, and so we need to value free speech because conversation makes America healthy. Let's see if he agrees with me.
2: ...is to really lay out what the consequences are when somebody who is a bad actor, somebody who really doesn't meet the decency... Right, right principles that reflect our values if that bad actor
0: blows by the bounds of common decency what values again uh, who's defining those values i'm i'm guessing that the silicon valley tech reporter in the horn rim glasses talking to the liberal senator from oregon i'm guessing those values i think you gotta have a way to make sure that stuff is taken down
1: mm-hmm. so
0: oh, okay so not free speech
1: that's that, that's a hornet's nest with people like this. The idea of what they take down, who decides there's a lot of people uncomfortable with tech.
0: I had a post removed from the Babylon Bee today. It was a post about uh, pastors are going to finally return to preaching about truth when a Democrat is in the White House. And that post got removed because it violated Facebook's community standards
1: companies deciding these things. Um, I think they do already by downgrading them. I think they're already doing a version of that. And they're already making decisions. Why do you think they're resistant to it? I know they're resistant to being called media companies. I think that's precisely what they are. And media companies have responsibilities. They're, mono- they're
2: monopolies.
0: Yeah, individually. They're not monopolies. You can go to Minds.com. You can go to MeWe. You can uh, build your own website. You could start an email list. Uh, in terms of short status updates, of course Twitter is the king. But there's alternatives. I have a podcast. That's the main way that I talk to my audience. Not social media anymore. In the beginning, it was social media. Now it's podcasting. So there's many different ways to publish and communicate. So they're not monopolies. If they're communication companies, if they're publishing companies, then they're not monopolies. Okay. That that is just uh, I, I've even advanced that line. But the more I've thought about it, it's like you know what? It's the argument that that people made when Sirius XM. Sirius and XM wanted to merge into Sirius XM, and they said, you know, this is a monopoly. It's like, yeah, they're a monopoly on satellite radio, but their competition isn't each other. Their competition is regular radio, podcasting. Uh, I'm sorry, that's my nap alarm. All right, I'm back. Okay, well, listen, 10 hours of broadcasting a week plus a regular day job and all the things around that. Boy needs a nap every once in a while, right? So, the the competition for satellite radio was other radio, uh, not each other. And so, that's why it was able to go through, is that argument was true. And that's the same way when it comes to Facebook. Th- Facebook and social media are distribution channels. They are the 800-pound gorilla. They're the biggest distribution channels. But in terms of distribution channels, Facebook's king. And it's like 80% versus 20% for everything else, right? They split that 20% pie. Uh, but the, and that's diminishing and to be honest if you look at our statistics from 3 years ago uh if you posted something on facebook the amount of traffic that you got back to your site from facebook versus now it's just like the reality is that people don't pay attention facebook is noise and so people are tuning it out and so it's not a monopoly uh there's much better there this is a better way to get people's attention So podcasting is a much better way for me to get information to you than Facebook. So when I'm sitting down, I'm looking at it going, I have this piece of information. How do I get it to people? Okay, well, I'll put it in a video, a podcast, a Facebook status, a blog post, a YouTube video, a Vimeo video, (laughs) like an email newsletter on MailChimp. So it goes through all these different channels, for that same piece of information. So it's a distribution channel. It's not a monopoly.
1: The odd monopolies, too, because there's There's so many.
0: And when you craft them as monopolies, you cover these several companies. It's not going to stop with Facebook. The the tentacles will go to any any publishing. So it'll infect WordPress, which is 28% of the Internet. And so all of a sudden now, government is regulating speech and what you can post on your WordPress.com blog
1: many of them they are
0: they are
2: monopolies and these people that were innovators at the beginning and trying to give consumers a fair a fair shake now seem to be interested in monetizing at um, at all costs mm-hmm. so or by the way you know if
0: we were talking about re- that is such socialist thinking they were trying to make profit from their business as opposed to running a failing business model.
2: The horrible pornography, mm-hmm. I think they would have moved pretty quickly right, right. You
0: know, to deal with it. Yeah.
2: And I think it's also worth noting that with respect to Alex Jones, there are probably a thousand accounts out there that are as bad as Alex Jones. Right.
0: We are libertarians.com is what he's talking about.
1: Right, absolutely. So what do they do? Because they're sort of – because they aren't public Entities, like the government is restricted from what it can do around the First Amendment, but these are private companies and they, you know, they're public companies, but they're they're companies. What has happened here? Because I think, I, I mean, I asked Mark Secretary this, I, I call them a nation state. He's like, no, we're just a company. And I'm like, but you kind of operate like a nation state. How do you then manage that from a government point of view when these companies have such enormous power? Um, and you don't really want them to be making these decisions. At the same time, you want them to be responsibly monitoring their platforms.
2: We wrote the rules of the road. You're right. talking about the 19, you know, right. 90s when right. ISPs were small. Right. And I think most of that body of internet jurisprudence makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what we said on on taxes or ten thousand taxing jurisdictions. We don't want every um, small taxing jurisdiction to take a bite out of a mm-hmm. uh, new. Entrepreneurs, we basically said you couldn't um, uh, discriminate. We've talked about Section 230, digital signatures. Um, Nobody had ever heard of them. And now you race through a, a mm-hmm. real estate contract mm-hmm. um, with digital uh, signatures. I think most of that body of law made sense. And let me give you an example. I'm, okay. Actually, I was coming over here juggling mm-hmm. all the subjects. and I
0: say, here's one I think Carol. Like the difference between monitoring and determining what is appropriate political speech versus whether or not you can legally sign a contract with a digital signature like there's no equivalent between those two there's no amendment on the digital signature would <laughs> be interesting you know Backpage, mm-hmm. which was
2: really a yes. celebrated example mm-hmm. of something
0: people didn't like and there right. were congress hearings mm-hmm. rob portman you know everything. backpage.com where uh, people who wanted to people who own their own body who decided to sell their body with their voluntary choice backpage.com was shut down um here's the deal sex work is work because fundamentally you own your own body You are in control of your own body. You govern your own body. And what you want to do with your body is your choice. And no other person has a right to tell you how you can or cannot make money. And so as libertarians... We are completely against shutting down backpage.com because what you do is when you go after the sex workers, we recognize you are now creating the mechanisms to go after political speech, which is exactly what they've done. They've gone from backpage and sex work with FOSTA to now we're going to regulate social media companies, prostitution. Yeah. yeah. And I'm,
2: I'm, you know, somebody who spent a lot of time legislating against um, the abhorrent, you know, sex traffickers you know how um, Backpage was essentially busted? Mm -hmm. They were busted under existing Section 230 law. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the reason we had problems is because law enforcement didn't move aggressively enough and quickly enough. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, everybody said, oh, we can't do anything about it. Let's go past this really flawed law. Mm-hmm. Susta and Fosta, which in my view is going to take the worst Explain guys. Explain that for
1: people who don't yeah, know. Yeah,
2: this is basically the law that in effect lifts Section 230 and allows for the prosecution of you know sex um, traffickers. And I think what it's going to do mm-hmm. is drive the really bad guys mm-hmm. to the dark web. Mm-hmm. And these are
0: places where you can't get. Right, because that's what prohibition does. See, he's right on this issue. That's what's so frustrating about this guy. To, you mm-hmm. know, with a,
2: uh, with a search engine, and I keep telling people, everybody interviewed me about Backpage, Backpage, and I said, hey, you might want to take a look here because before you pass this really flawed bill, which has ex post facto provisions and mm-hmm. all kinds of, mm-hmm. of other things that uh, are troubling, take a look at the fact. That the one thing out of this debate that was really beneficial is we got federal law enforcement to get going, get serious, and they busted a mm-hmm. uh, back page while Section 230 was still the law of the land. In other right. words, SESTA and um, and FOSTA didn't do it. It was existing 230 law.
0: Right. right, because you passed a law that you piecemeal together, you Frankenstein together laws – And then there isn't clarity for the people who have to execute the law. And this is the main problem, especially because of gerrymandering, which has completely shredded the power of Congress along with the removal of uh, pork, which I will explain some other time because it doesn't seem to make sense that you'd remove pork. But essentially, you remove incentives. Um, So the, uh, the... Law is poorly written from the beginning, and so there's no action because people don't know how to interpret the Frankenstein law that you made. And then when you clarify yourselves, then they start taking action. So if you had never passed the law in the first place, you wouldn't keep compounding the problem. So Ron Wyden completely nuts, and I think it's just a sign of mental illness that somebody wants to control what other people think and and what other people say— uh, you know it's I obviously do this because I want to influence your thinking uh I apologize I live next to the interstate and I've got the door open because the electric grills fired up. I'm getting ready to make chicken before we uh, record the show tonight um I just think that obviously I want to influence how you think, but I don't want to control what you read or think because then you re- resent me you don't then th- that's a bad way to persuade is to force. Uh, so, obviously, it's mental illness when any, anybody thinks that they are capable of controlling national conversation. Um, shout out, like, a few news stories here. Um, first, I want to say, uh, so here in Indianapolis, there's a couple of longtime media figures that just got let go. First is Bob Lamey, Colts announcer of the NFL team, the Indianapolis Colts, and he's 80 years old, and so he was... On a remote and off air, one of the guys asked, you know, what's the worst moment in your broadcasting career? Well, at that moment, he d- detailed it where he was he, he was on air talking to another gentleman who, 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 I won't confuse the story, but he basically said something along the lines of a very, the word you're not allowed to say, the N1, in and uh but he said the actual word, which I get that you're 80 and you're you're probably not, you know, like it's, it's you can't say the N word, dude. Like that's the it's inexcusable. And especially when feet away, there is an an African-American promo person. Who was, who was offended by it and basically called him out on it, and he apologized profusely. But I do have to defend Lamy and say he was talking about it being his worst moment, not his best moment in broadcasting. There was no malintent. He was not using it as a slur, and he was recounting it in another way. But why you don't say N-word instead of the actual word, I don't know. And she had every right to question him, call him out, and, then, and she went and filed a, an HR complaint against him. Um, and, you know, so it's her right. I mean, it's obviously her right to do so. And he ended up getting fired. But the person that supposedly told him the story was contacted by his employer, a local TV station, and they ended up, his name is Derek Daly, and he used a term it was it was even in cartoons until the early eighties the inn in the woodpile, which i've never heard this phrase, but apparently it it meant that he was going to be the scapegoat of his racing team, and he's from England from Scotland, and he had been here like like a year maybe, and so he had no cultural reference that this was inappropriate until he said it on air, and the local reporter he was talking to. Said you can't say that, and he was like horrified. And he's like, I've never said it since. I'm, you know, and he this guy. I know him. He is not a racist in any way, shape, or form. And I'm sure Bob Lamy, the guy who is, you know, in and out of the Colts locker room for fifty years, is is not a racist either, as far as I know. I mean, I I don't know them. I don't know Bob Lamy at all, but um, I know Derek Daly, and and seems to be a very good guy from for all accounts. I've done some work for him in full disclosure, and. He is, he's been super nice to me. Um, so here is a situation where someone is telling a story about someone else and they get fired for the story, but then the guy who said the word 35 years ago, it's like Lamy shouldn't have said the word, right? But the guy who said the word 35 years ago gets fired? He, the last time you said the N-word was enough to get you fired? When I was one years old (laughs) it's just asinine. So I I think there has to be limits. Like obviously it is not appropriate to say the N word in any way, shape, or form, but there also has to be some mitigating factors here. You have to take into consideration was it was it used as a slur against a person? Was it used what was the intent of the use of the word? You know, and even thirty five years ago, the intent was not there to be harmful to someone else, uh, and, and it wasn't intended to be harmful. A week ago, when it was said, uh, the other part is, you know, Daly's lack of cultural awareness. You know, if you if you're ignorant of your ignorance, then h- how do you deal with that? So, I just find it to be a completely fascinating cluster. Uh, there wasn't even a pending investigation. It was just, you're gone, within hours. They called him and they said, have you ever used the N-word? And he said, yes, here's the situation. I think the last time I used it was. And they said, all right, well, you're fired. There isn't anybody on the planet of any variety who hasn't said something offensive. Uh, I I can tell you for a fact that if you found tape of me living my life as a teenager in the early 2000s, the amount of horrible things that i said about homosexuals for instance we all know the word that we all used millennials especially older millennials you all know the word that you used all the time in high school and it was different then and there isn't one of us who didn't use that word at least once right and i actually called a friend who was who who ended you know we had no idea that he Was gay, and I called him. And later on, years down the line, and said, I want to apologize because I wish you had said, I know why you didn't feel comfortable (laughs) telling us about your, you know, your attractions. But I apologize for using that word so many times because I didn't realize that I was being demeaning, I didn't realize what I was doing. And that's part of why you have to have these discussions out loud. It's like Derek Daly, when he used that word, did not realize what he was doing. I didn't realize what I was... I had a conversation today with some female friends about how it makes them feel when men leer at them. And like it it makes you go, wow, I will never do... I don't want to be that guy. And that's part of it, is that you have to have these conversations to grow as a person, to realize that what you're doing is demeaning to other people you're you're not being it's just I just get so tired of the lack of it, it there's no pending investigation it's just you're fired so um very complicated convoluted situation you know is it fair is it unfair <laughs> it, it is it's obviously um a situation where You don't say certain things, and why he chose to use that word a week ago uh, is beyond me, Um, but the Colts have every right to let him go as a result of it, even though he's an absolute icon in the city. Um, But I do think it is unfair of them to let go of Daly. to be honest with you. And the only reason I'm saying this is that you got to stick by your friends, because when your time comes, and everybody in media, your time is coming, you want your friends to be there with you. So, uh, a couple other stories. We're running uh, long on time here. Um, Craig Decosta, hope you're doing well out in Hawaii, our good friend out there. Uh, they're getting, they're facing down a Cat Five hurricane, and it's very uncommon for Hawaii to get a hurricane. So keep your eyes on that. Uh, Waffle House shooting suspect deemed unfit to stand trial, committed to mental hospital. Um, I'm not going to read his name, you know, the, the, the pretext for kicking Alex Jones off of all these platforms is that he's inciting people to violence, and it, it, it may be a vague incitement to violence, but it's an incitement nonetheless, and so I have to ask you, if you read this name of this uh, mass shooter, are you, CNN, going to be kicked off of social media for vague incitements to violence? Because every single time you use the name of a mass shooter, you're, you're signaling to another mass shooter that it's okay. So maybe we ought to start kicking any media outlet off of social media if they print on social media those particular names. Um, so this guy—I don't even know how to say this guy's name—but uh, he's he's in Florida. He's a Florida official. Um, the this company and the let's all right. The FBI say Russians aren't inside the Florida election systems. So if you hear that the Russians are trying to influence the Floridian election, it's not true. Um, U.N. Watchdog says North Korea has not halted nuclear program. Uh, stormy weather for... Uh, so, I want to I give a shout out. Uh, there is a daily email and a website called Rational Review News Digest, rationalreview.com. Uh, it is key to my show, Prep, and I think it is worth your time and effort, so make sure you go check that out. So I want to give Thomas Knapp and everybody over at Rational Review News Digest a shout-out. So, all So, right, guys, thanks for listening to The Chris Spangle Show here on the We Are Libertarians Network, and we will see you tomorrow.